As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash mpn to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash mpn. Terms and conditions apply. You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Steve Turney hosts a great podcast geared toward mental health marketers called The Boost. Steve, tell listeners what you cover on the show. The Boost is our podcast, and the tagline is Conversations with People Promoting Mental Health, and that's what it is. So it's marketers, company executives, therapists, and mental health advocates talking about what they're doing to move this industry and this important thing called mental health forward. Amazing. And where can people subscribe? I'm big on LinkedIn, so you can find us there, just uh, slash Steve Turney, or you can find the show at marketingpodcasts.net or search for The Boost wherever you get your podcasts. You heard him. Go subscribe. In reality, what's happening is that they're really just fighting themselves, and they just haven't got to that place where they're just more self-aware. Welcome to the Personal Brand and Playbook. This podcast is focused on the startup world. We interview founders and different owners and CEOs across multiple industries that have amazing startup ideas and that have made ridiculous amounts of money. We also hear solo episodes from me, Coach Chris, reviewing different startup books and different products that are killing it in the startup world. I also want to keep you updated on my journey as I create different software products and work with different startup companies. So if you're ready, let's get paid. Hello and welcome back to the show. I have very special guest Gary Bird on the podcast today. Gary is one of my favorite entrepreneurs because I actually found him on TikTok, which I find very few business owners. And Gary's really good at showing the behind the scenes of what it's like to be a real business owner. The authenticity is what I personally appreciate. And this guy is super successful, million dollar company, all of that great stuff. But you'll actually learn from him because he shows like the actual day-to-day lifestyle, like the mental side, the the burnout and stuff. Like Gary's really good at talking about that kind of stuff. And also talking about how to build teams and business practices and all of that. So Gary, welcome to the show. Man, thanks for the intro, Chris. I really appreciate it. And you know what? I just, I failed a lot. I've messed up. I've made a lot of mistakes. And I found that when you just talk about the mistakes and what you're doing to work through those, people like it and people, it's useful to them, right? A lot of social media and marketing for a long time has been about just show your wins. And sometimes wins don't really tell you how to get to where you want to go. And I found that just sharing some of the heartaches resonates with people, but it actually helps people work through where they're at and get to the success that they actually want. So that's why I take that approach and I appreciate the feedback. Yeah, I think that approach to it just makes you seem more real as a business owner, because I think entrepreneurs that are working their way up 
or, oh man, I don't know if I'm doing this right. I don't know if I'm on the right path. And you have so many questions internally, especially yeah. to get to, I would say that six figure mark is first and then a half million and then the million. So to see a millionaire, somebody that's doing it at the highest level that you want to, that's, hey, look, I'm struggling with this thing this week too. That part right there is what I think a lot of people are going to connect with. Yeah, I think the part that's interesting, especially for younger people, is that we think when we get into business that it's just going to solve all of our problems. And all you get is as you move up the ladder in anything, it doesn't matter if you're if you have a job or if you start a business or in your family or anything that you touch. A sports is the same way. As you move up the ladder, it just gets more and more complex. It gets harder and harder. And yes, the problems are, may be less, you could learn how to be less stressed out about it. That's something that I've learned how to do is just not stress out every single day. Cause there was a time there where I did that a lot and put a lot of pressure on people and on myself, but there, there's definitely ways to learn that. But the, the stuff we're dealing with now, I mean, it's more complex than when it was just me. As an example, a lot of people think well, you're the CEO, just do whatever you want. We have 80 <laughs> team members. So if I make a decision and just say, Hey, we're just doing this and just do it. It causes massive chaos. And so I have to be very careful what I say, when I say it, to who I say it, how I say it. All of those things really matter where before when it was just me, it didn't matter. So it's just keeping that in mind that no matter where you're at, the journey, you can enjoy the journey and you can learn how to get better as you go down that journey. And the end goal, there is no end goal, right? There is no, I've arrived, I've made, it just keeps going. I tell people that they think I sound crazy. <laughs> I try to tell people, I don't remember the last time I was bored. Like every day I wake up, I'm chasing something different. And I don't yeah. see it as this burden of living where I'm like, I have to do all this stuff. I look at it as I get to do all of this yeah. stuff. Like I get to go and write a book and I get to go and host a podcast. Like it's very fun to me and it's exciting. For you personally, what's one of those things that you look forward to doing every single day? Oh man, I just, so this is what I've learned about myself. I used to think, I used to, if you've gone through this, as you're an entrepreneur, I'm sure you've gone through this. So I used to tell myself, man, if I could just hire somebody to do this part of the business, I'll be good forever. That'll just solve all my problems. And then I hired that person and they take it. And then I go, okay, if I could just do, if I could just do account management, that would be awesome. Like that would change my life. And then I didn't, and then I'm like, man, I'm in meetings eight hours a day. I don't want to do that. And then I'm like, if I could only just manage people, that's all I did was just manage a couple people and they do the things. And then I'm like, that that's not what I enjoy doing either. Like I, <laughs> I need something else. So every step of the way, now I had to learn all those things. I had to learn how to manage an account. I had to learn how to do sales. I had to learn how to manage people. However, what I have found that I really enjoy is I enjoy building things. Like I enjoy solving mm -hmm. the problem that other people cannot solve or refuse to solve. Like it's just too hard. And then I like to come in and build something, but I only like to build it to a certain point. Once I figure it out and I go, okay, this is how this works. This is providing massive value to these people over here. This is also profitable for us to do. There's a revenue side to it. Then I get bored with it because I already wow. cracked the code. And then I have to move on and I have to bring in an operator. So I need, I'm only successful if I can only build things to a certain size until I get an operator to come with me and work with me to help me get it to the next stage. And then by then I'm already on to the next thing. Man, I think that's so healthy to know that about yourself 
Because then you stop putting yourself in situations where you got to do stuff you don't want to do. Yep. Like build it up and then bring somebody else in to run it and then do it again. And personally, I used to be that way with podcasts where I would just love to launch the shows and build them. And at a certain point, I realized that's not what I'm best at. Now I'm really good at let's put together this offer. Let's present it to your audience this way and then we'll make some tweaks and then we can generate the sales. Once that part is done, I want to go and help somebody else do that same thing. Yeah. I like that you learned that about yourself. And how long do you feel like it took you to get that self-awareness? Oh man, it took a while. I what I where I was making the mistake, like I realized it about myself, but I kept trying to innovate inside of the same company where it didn't need any more innovation. So this happens to entrepreneurs a lot where they go in and they tinker with the company when it's working properly. And they start, it burns out their team members. It ticks people off. Leaders hate it, right? They're like, why are you micromanaging me? Why are you like, let me go and do the thing that you hired me to do. And so what we decided to do is look, the company's going to grow. My job is to manage three or four people that are going to grow the company and they're not innovating. They're not out there coming up with a million new ideas or anything like that. They're just, they're managing the people who are doing this and that's going great. And it's stay, it's very stable. It's very consistent which is awesome. But that's boring to me. That is literally, <laughs> that is so boring. So then what I do is I go off and I say, okay, I'm going to start this new thing over here. And I'm going to start working on this. And I'm going to try to build this thing. And I, it's a separate company, right? It's a separate item that we're working on. And then I, again, it's, there's nothing there. There's literally, we're starting with nothing. And then I'm like, okay, I have an idea. I think there's some room for this in this space. Let me, let's cultivate it. Then we start developing it. And then we're like, okay, boom, here it is. This is going to work. And then we start investing into it and actually getting it off the ground. And then from there, it's build it up and then bring, do the same thing again. That's my goal. So that's where I'm at. Yeah, man, that's such a perfect setup for life. And I think the world would be just such a better place if more people had self-awareness. I think <laughs> that's like a skill that, well, let me ask you this. How do you think somebody could, an entrepreneur listening to this, how do you think they build self-awareness? If I'm not really aware of myself and what I want and what I care about, what I'm good at, what mm. I'm not so good at, how do you think somebody builds that self-awareness? Yeah, that's a good question. So self-awareness is actually one of our core values at our company. And so we hire, fire, and promote based on this. And self-awareness is a big part of that. And so for me, self-awareness, this is how I kind of judge if someone's self-aware. So first I ask them what they're good at. And so it's like, what are you good at? And they're like, if someone's, oh, I don't really know, I'm not really good at anything. Either they're just poor communicator and they're just not able to communicate or they're just not self-aware, right? A lot of people are like, well, I don't want to brag or anything, but it's not bragging. It's like you were created and you have a skill, something, I know it's something. And what is it? And so that's the first layer of self-awareness. The next layer of self-awareness to me is, okay, great. So you're good at one thing or two things. What are the things that you're really bad at? And you should be able to communicate those very clearly and articulate those and just be like, look, these are my weaknesses. So I remind my team constantly what I'm bad at. I am not a great manager because management is just about creating consistent environments for people. And I get, I get, I'm an entrepreneur. Like I have millions of ideas and I'm like, let's change this. Let's change that. Let's change this. Let's try this. <laughs> and it burns people out. So then I have to be really disciplined and not and not do that and i have to ask for grace too like i have to ask people yeah. like hey just remember i'm not good at this so give me a little bit of room here this is where my area of weakness is and so those i think that's a good place to start with self-awareness is um what are you good at 
And then what are you bad at? And then from there, vulnerability really comes into play with self-awareness because mm. it's one thing to be self-aware, but it's another thing to be able to be self-aware and express it to people. That takes yeah. vulnerability, vulnerability. And in some places, it's not safe to be vulnerable, right? There's some, some things you can't just go and say and post on Twitter or whatever because you'll get wrecked. But inside of a company, you should have a culture where you can be vulnerable and you can tell your team, hey, this is what I'm good at. This is what I'm not good at and build on top of that. And I really believe that. And I think inside of the company, it should be the best place because then that, if everybody's doing it, that just creates a really healthy culture Yeah, where everybody is like communicating in this way that's super effective to be able to say, this is what I'm good at. I'm not good at this. So then we work together to get the outcome we yeah. want. And Here's, you working your good, your strong points, and I work in my strong points, and we'll be successful. Hundred percent. And I'll add this to the self awareness question too, because this just popped in my head. You said, "How to be? How do you cultivate self awareness?" One thing that I've noticed with young people, and I'm sure I was this way when I was 18, 19 years old too, is, and and some people who are a little bit older, they're the same thing. They actually don't know what they want because they're not self-aware, right? So it's, hey, what do you you want? What are you passionate about? Like, I have this whole company. I got all these different positions. I have all these different opportunities. What do you want to do? And people are like, I don't know. Just give me whatever. It's like, that's, which is fine. It's fine to say that. But you, I think people, it's really hard to work with somebody like that. It's really hard to work with somebody that doesn't know what they want, doesn't know where they want to go, doesn't know what they're good at, doesn't know what they're weak at. and then they're scared to fail, it's really hard to get that person to break through and make it. And what they, I my perception of this is they usually end up thinking like, man, why is everybody just getting on me? Or why is it, why isn't this thing's working for me? In reality, what's happening is they're really just fighting themselves. And they just haven't got to that place where they're just more self-aware. As we get older, I think it becomes easier to do that and to be more along that line. Again, I'm sure I was that way when I was 18. I had no clue what I wanted. And uh, I just floated down the river, so to speak. But I think that's a big part of being self-aware is what are you actually passionate about? That's, I think that's huge. I feel so lucky when I tell people, when people ask me what I do and I'm like, oh, I do this and I do that. I feel so lucky. Sometimes, honestly, I feel bad because of how comfortable I am in what I do. Yeah. Like now when people complain about gas prices and stuff and the rent raising and all of that, and I'm so comfortable in my life, and things are going well. Sometimes I feel like, wow, I feel so lucky that I figured out what I wanted to do years ago and I stuck with it for all of this time. And I just, it's hard because I'm always trying to communicate with people. That's the part of the process to how you get the life you want is be honest with yourself and what you care about. Even if it sounds crazy to the outside world, if they don't believe it, when you're honest with you first, everything will fall in line in time. That's just from my personal experience. Oh, 100%. I think where people get messed up is that they chase money. So they're like, I just want money. So I'm just going to follow the money. But then you end up doing all this stuff that you really probably shouldn't be doing. You're not equipped to do. Sometimes it's not honest and you feel bad about it. And that messes you up. That does not lead to a healthy place. Even if you make the money, you'll find out like, oh, I'm not happy. I'm not doing what I want to do. I don't, this is not what I thought it was. And I think that's a big part of where people miss the mark is they think that money is the end goal and it's not. Money is just a tool that we get to use along the way. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I don't, and I hate the phrase that money can't buy happiness. I I personally disagree. Mm -hmm. And I only say that because 
when you don't have money, because money is such a useful tool, like you it said, is, yeah. we all would agree that money is the most important tool in the world. If you don't have money, a lot of other things in your life just don't work. So can money buy unlimited happiness? I wouldn't say that. But when you become financially free and you don't have to worry about money, not only thing left is money is problems that money can't solve, like family problems yeah, and stuff yeah, like yeah, that, yeah. which I would argue is easier to solve than the money, money problems. Yeah. Because we all will go to the money problem first. If we had to choose which one we would solve first, if I said, hey, I'm going to solve all your problems that money can't solve, and as by a snap of a finger, it's all going to be gone. Or would you rather solve all your money problems? I can almost guarantee everybody's going to choose the money. And I just That right there tells me money does buy some level of happiness. Yeah, I've heard somebody say, if you think money can't buy happiness, you haven't given enough away. So if you help people, getting in a position where you can really help people and support people, I think that is a level of happiness that you can get from money. What I don't think that people understand about money, though, is just to the, your point, is that money only solves money problems. You're not going to be able to... It's not going to fix what you think. And it, and again, if it's your core of what you're chasing, it, it just is very unfulfilling. And I like to do this a little test with people. So I ask people, okay, pretend that you sell, sold everything that you have, everything. And I give you a billion dollars for it. What would you go and do? And so like for me, if I sold everything that I had and you gave me a billion dollars, I know what I would do. I, I would take probably like a week vacation. I'd just think. <laughs> one week. One week. <laughs> and then I would think, and then I would come back and I'd start a business. Because I'd be bored and I'd be like, oh, I got these, maybe I might start three businesses. You know what I mean? So it's, so if that's what I would do, if I had a billion dollars and an unlimited, I, I didn't have anything tying me down from a time standpoint, then that's what I should probably be doing with my time is starting businesses and working inside of a business. Now, if your answer is, man, I would fix shoes or I would do this, or I'd go help people overseas or whatever it is then figure out how to go do that. Figure out how to make that your life. And you can do it. You can figure that out if you if you really put your brain to it. Yeah, I definitely agree. If you want to do something today, it, it is very much possible. And I can say if I have a billion dollars, I probably would still, I know I would still be podcasting. <laughs> still. I, I probably would make a whole new show about giving money Being away a billionaire. to <laughs> parents or something. Like I'm going to find a way to make more content because I just love to do that. And I truly believe that's a gateway is to be honest with yourself about what you want and then get laser focused on it every day. And I always tell people, if you can't give your ultimate goal the focus of an hour a day, you just don't care about it. You're not honest with yourself. You're not, you know what I'm saying? You're not at that point of self-awareness where you can really attach yourself to the outcome that you really care about. If you can't give it an hour a day, because an hour a day is not a lot of time. Yeah. But you still make massive progress after you do that for even a week, even two weeks. Yeah. You'd be surprised what a couple hours would do for you. Yeah, it's huge. The other way to look at that too is just like 1% one, 1 improvement a day. You know, 1% improvement a day, which is nothing. You can improve anything in your life right now by 1%. If you do that every single day, it compounds and you end up 3Xing over a year. And if you do it for another year, it's, it's huge. The growth is huge. And so you can do whatever you put your mind to. Yeah, man, I totally agree. So I'm glad we had to have this conversation about self-awareness and stuff. For the entrepreneurs out there listening, I, one thing I want to do on the show is really tie everything back into just a healthy mindset. So... For the business owner that's trying to get to that $100,000 mark, because that's where most of these people are. Most people yeah. are trying to get to the six-figure mark, yearly, yeah. ARR, 
six figures. So what is your advice to that person that is trying to get to that six-figure mark in their business? I would say that you just need to figure out how to help other people. So I, I have you ever read the book Profit First? Yes, yes. Yeah. I need to read it again, though, because I read it so long ago. Yeah, it's a good book. So basically what Profit First does is it does it, it gives you a simple formula to be profitable, right? So it says most people in business say revenue minus expenses equals profit. And then most people aren't profitable. So what they do is they flip that math formula around and they say revenue minus profit, you take your profit out first, equals how much money you can spend on your expenses. And it's a it's just a little hack for business and a way to get more profitable. I think that business can be hacked the same way. So most people are like, okay, what am I going to do in my business to make more money? And if you're, again, if you're starting with that, you may find it. And I'm not saying that you can't find it. You might find it. But I think the where you'll be much more successful and it'll be much easier to answer the question is how can I help these people more? How can I provide more value? What can I do for people that will bring them more value and what I'm already doing for them on top of what I'm already doing? What's the next step for them? And if you really paid close attention and you look at their pain points and the things they're suffering with and struggles that they're having, and you then go in and solve that for them, people will line up to give you money. They'll line up to give you money. So it's not as hard as what people make it. It's just really all business is solving a problem. And then the greater the problem you solve, the more money that you're going to get, the greater the reward is. So I would just say, figure out how you can help more people, figure out how you can help at a greater scale. And when you do that, then people will pay you more. I love that. Help people at a greater scale. That is, man, that sounds like an episode by itself. That's good right there. Gary, please let people know where they can find you. Absolutely. Yeah, I have. You can find my website is The Gary Bird. All my social media is The Gary Bird as well. You can reach out to me through any of those platforms. And then also we have a community for marketing agencies. It's totally free. It's on Discord. It's called AGE, Agency Growth Engine. And it's a Discord community where we help each other grow our agencies and then we also have a mastermind for marketing agencies as well. All of it's free. It's all just there to help people grow their businesses. All right, man. Gary, thank you for coming on the show. Absolutely. You have a good one. You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Danielle Wiley hosts a great podcast called The Art of Sway. Danielle, tell us what you talk about on the show. The Art of Sway brings listeners inside the world of marketing as seen through the lens of influence. So each week I chat with an expert guest for a lively discussion about connecting ideas with audiences in an attempt to uncover all the ways influence impacts how and what we discover, purchase, and recommend to each other. Wow. And where can people subscribe? Go to theartofswaypodcast.com, find the show at marketingpodcasts.net, or search for The Art of Sway wherever you get your podcasts. You heard her. Go subscribe. This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.